Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery, with your hosts, Jess of Jess Builder, Colton of Cold Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Design. Now for today's episode, or sorry, you can do that. I fucked that up real hard. Uh, anyway, you can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Today we have a guest. It's our everybody's favorite panda bear loving friend, Daniel Dunlop. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a train wreck of an intro read, and I apologize. First time in 29 episodes I've done it like that. No, hey. you did all right. You know what? Keeping right. it raw, baby. I like it. That's yeah, right. I got to put a I got to put a note in to bleep out myself on the intro read. That's that's, that's correct. That's a good. Yeah. that's good way to start. So, so Daniel, strong. welcome to the podcast. Hey, As you can you. see, things are going well. It's a well-oiled <laughs> machine, apparently. It yes. Is. Oh yeah, yes. Hey, it's oily. Yeah, it's oily. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of grease. That's, Slick. That's right. <laughs> Hell yeah. So. It's, uh, uh, Colton, enlighten us as to how we were able to get uh, Daniel onto this podcast today. Oh, it's not PG enough. (laughs) I can't can't say that on air. No. Um, (laughs) No, what what can I get away with saying here? Is this PG? Is this, what is this? We try and keep it PG 13. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry. Continue, Colton. (laughs) Yeah. Which, uh, if you are an avid uh, uh, cursor, which I've been working on it. Uh, I had a few episodes where I didn't curse, but we can bleep it out. So it's just more work on Ross. So I'll do my best. <laughs> Much appreciated. Yeah. But, uh, but now we just wrapped up Mayor Camp. What was that? Like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? I, I don't even know. Um, Let's say two and a half. Let's split the difference. Yeah. There you go. Something like that. And um, yeah. Yeah. I got to, got to hang out with Daniel a good little bit and give him some whiskey and we, uh, there was a lot of bourbon consumed. I, I feel like, yeah, yeah. I, I showed up with a, a liter of Basil Hayden. I'm like, oh, this will hold me over for the weekend, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know. But <laughs> after giving away enough um, shots and everything, and I brought some solo cups. So it was a, uh, it was about done the first night, honestly. But, but yeah, Maker Camp was good, man. Yeah, that I can't wait for like y'all to go camp. next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, is that that wasn't your first one, right, Daniel? No, that was my third. third. I love Holy Maker f- Camp. Yes. Oh, I, I just did it. Dang it! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, you already broke the uh, rule. Uh, all, right, all right, it's fair game. <laughs> Let it rip. So, uh, mm. Daniel, just to give those who are are tuning in and and somehow don't know who you are or your backstory, can you give us a an elevator pitch? Yeah, you bet. Um. I have been self-employed since 2011. I quit my job back in May of 2011 and I became a full-time photographer and that was going well. But first of all, let me back up. I'm sorry. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. I, I worked in a furniture factory straight out of high school way back in 1997 because I'm old balls. Um, and I, I got a little bit of a woodworking background, so I've always had it in me. And after I worked at the furniture factory, I went to this bigger uh, manufacturing plant and I was working in their woodworking department, making shelves for store fixtures like Walmart and Target. It's very boring stuff. What Soul kind of sucking. furniture were you making? Uh, when I worked at the furniture factory, we were making uh, furniture for a 
big furniture company here in Omaha called the Nebraska Furniture Mart. Uh, it's apparently it's grown and they got stores in Texas now. But anyways, um, yeah, we were making furniture for them. I mean, it's a huge department store for furniture. I was around the band saws and I was making all the intricate uh, parts for like armchairs and stuff uh, before they got upholstered. So I was making the frame parts. So they they could be a little sloppy, but they couldn't be yeah. too sloppy because they were going to put a right. poster over. Um, man, that's impressive! Like a running a bandsaw, like right out of high school. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. it's a it was a monster bandsaw. It was like a twenty incher. It was just it was a man. massive bandsaw. And I did you take it. did you take wood shop in high school? I did. I took wood shop in high school. <laughs> fun fun little backstory there. Uh, I took wood shop in high school all four years, and in my senior year. I may have gotten into a altercation with another student and I got thrown out. <laughs> so I never, I never finished. Uh, you I never, never finished the birdhouse you started. <laughs> yeah. Right. Four years before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I got some background. I was working at the, mm-hmm. the big manufacturing plant and uh, I picked up photography as a hobby and it just kind of like took off. Um, I never planned on making money with it, but it just kind of went that way. Doing what? And Corporate headshots, wedding photo shoots? Weddings. Weddings. Yeah. Um, did you have like the whole leather strap and everything? I did. And I still, do. I still do. I still got oh, all that nice. stuff. Um, yeah. So I started shooting weddings full time. And uh, it's it's literally taken me around the world. I've shot weddings in Tahiti and Mexico and the Pacific Northwest and the Outer Banks, and I've just. What was the place. worst location to shoot a wedding? The VFW in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds classic. VFW. Nice. Yeah, uh, that's the hardest work right there as a wedding photographer. Uh, uh, trying to make that look sexy. Trying to trying to make a, a low end venue look good in a photo. That's that's tough. Yeah, man. Did you ever lose photos? No, no, that Dude, was a nightmare. I, I've seen I, that before. So you like, know how, like, when you went to school and stuff, you would have nightmares about going to school uh, in your underwear. Mm-hmm. That that was the the weekly nightmare for wedding photographers about losing photos. So I was very meticulous when it came to backing everything up. So, so I on that, luckily like, never lost any. I know, as a quick sidebar, whenever I've had to shoot photo for content creation stuff it creates a huge library and storage of all that stuff obviously mm-hmm. adds up very quickly. Very quickly. How, how far back, because obviously in, in what, what year was this that you transitioned into 2011? You said full-time photography. I started photography in 2009 and I went full-time in 2011. So wow. at that point, digital photography was in its infancy in, to be fair. I mean, it was, it was pretty young still. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was in infancy, maybe toddler. Do you still have a backup digitally of all these different weddings? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, I got, uh, I probably have about 30 terabytes in that 30 closet. terabytes? 30 How terabytes. many of those terabytes are divorced now? <laughs> That's a very good question. I've never, I've never really went back and tried to figure that out. Uh, I know of. I know of like three or four that are, are split up and that's not too bad. I've shot over 350 weddings. So no way. So, so you're yeah. 1%. All right. 
that's not roughly bad. that I know of <laughs> that I know of. So, so my, my question was going to be storage of not only the video content, but also the photos from way back when, how are you storing all that stuff? Do you have a single drive or do you just like, once Multiple. you max out an eight gig or eight terabyte, you're like on to the next or. Well, yeah, it started out with, you know, back when I started the, the biggest drive you could get was like 500 gig. And so I have anywhere from like 500 gig drives all the way up to eight terabyte now. So, uh, you know, it just, it followed along with the technology. And do you have, I always had, always had backups. So I have multiple. So as soon as I loaded images onto one ter onto one drive, I would immediately back it up onto a second drive. So I have copies of everything. Okay. All right. Do you have any fun wedding stories? Yeah, lots. I could probably write a book. I mean, how much time do you guys <laughs> you got? Should, you should, man. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to. That's the problem. Uh, I was shooting, speaking of VFWs in Council Bluffs, Iowa, I was shooting a wedding. So if you're not familiar, I live in Omaha, and Council Bluffs is like right across the river. It's literally like a five-minute drive from Nebraska to Iowa. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's uh, how do I put this lightly? I feel like it might be the meth capital of the Midwest. That was loud. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. South Dakota <laughs> actually came up with a campaign because the meth problem was so bad. And their campaign against it was meth. We're on it. And they made t-shirts. <laughs> and they literally have t-shirts and hats that say it's a silhouette of the state of South Dakota. And it says meth. We're on it. As in they were trying to combat it. And horrible ad campaign. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that doesn't seem like <laughs> that went through all the proper channels to... To get, uh, they paid a half million dollars for that ad <laughs> oh campaign, and I'm not even kidding uh, you. Uh, uh, someone lied on their resume about that. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, I could do that for you. Sounds like yeah. Methods wrote it, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of Methodists. Yeah, yeah. So I was shooting a wedding over there, and the, the, the entire wedding party was drunk by like 10 a.m., and we had to do, quote, unquote, formal photos up on in the sanctuary, <laughs> you know all the really nice photos that grandma and grandpas are going to, you know, display. And they, they're just a, a wasted group. I mean, it, it was like wrangling cats. It was so terrible. Um, so I'm trying to get the ring bear and the flower girls. I think there were two flower girls, which were not drunk because they were like four and five years old. I was trying to get them. them up on the stage. <laughs> right. Shockingly, um, I was trying to get them up on the stage and <laughs> photograph them. You know, I got it done and they they got off the stage and there's a like a group of bridesmaids. They're just tripping over themselves. And one of the bridesmaids actually happened to tr fall backwards onto the ring bearer and the ring bearer fell oh, underneath no. of her with his arm behind his back and it snapped his arm right there. Oh, oh my God. Man. And this is before the actual ceremony, isn't it? Yeah, it was before anything. And it was just a effing nightmare of Whoa. a wedding. It sounds amazing. Tears. Did you get a they picture of that? Tears, I did not. I threw my camera down and I knew something was wrong like right away. So I threw my camera down and I tried to like help out as much as I could. <laughs> because a little boy it shouldn't have two elbows on one arm. Oh, jeez. Oh, so it's not like a documentary, like a like a nature documentary where you, you don't touch the nature, even if you want no. to save the little lamb or something. No. I think it was just like daddy reflexes. You know, I, I had kids that age. So there you go. Man. So what got you transitioned into the world of woodworking? Uh, well, as as you may or may not know, there was a little pandemic that hit the world. 
mm-hmm. and that that helped facilitate it. I was I was building a shop in my house that we had bought in like 2012. I was I was trying to slowly build a shop and and have my own little space where I could go and create because I always had that woodworking uh, itch, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, well, when the pandemic hit, you know, nobody wants to get married. Nobody wants photographs. Nobody wants to be around other people. So my whole photography business just like tanked and there's zero chance that I'm going to go work for somebody else. Like mm-hmm. I've already had the taste of self-employment. I will never go back to working for somebody else. Yep. So I was just like, screw it. I'm going to give everything I have to this little woodworking thing I got going and I'd started an Instagram page in 2017, so it was already kind of growing a little bit. Okay. And so that was helpful. The timing was kind of good in, in that respect. So I just put everything I had into the woodworking thing and kind of let the photography thing go on its own way and just die a slow death. Uh, it's still currently dying a slow death. I can't get rid of it. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically the uh, elevator pitch story of how that happened. So well, how did you, you... Oh, sorry, you go ahead, Ross. Well, my question was going to revolve around some of that social media. Obviously, as you said, it grew from what you had started in 2017. How did you take it to eclipse 100,000 followers that's, on Instagram? That's a fun, fun story. Uh, well, we got time. Well, uh, Does it start with an O? Or no, it, no, that well, was later. It, it, it comes around to that. Um, I started my own podcast with three dudes that... Of one of which I met at WorkbenchCon in 2020. Um, it, it's, it's Mike Coffee of Coffee Custom Builds. And we got to meet in person for the first time at WorkbenchCon there. And I was like, dude, we're vibing so good. I think we should do a podcast. And it just kind of sounds familiar. There. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was like with us, man. Yeah. And so we started a podcast. We we brought on a third guy. His name is Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. And I think that helped a lot. Uh, people seemed to resonate with it. And we started that. It, it uh, Once again, it came down to the perfect timing. We started that podcast and like two weeks later, the world shut down. And I feel like a lot of people had a lot of extra time on their hands. So they were looking for things. And I think some people found our podcast and that helped out tremendously. So our podcast, I think, helped uh, grow my account. And I think it helped grow the other guys accounts too, because I think they're all over a hundred thousand now on Instagram. And, uh, so that happened. And then, uh, I got into a little, a little pissing match, so to speak with a, a particular hard wax oil finish brand owner. I don't like to say their names. Mm -hmm. I don't like to give them any pub. I was already at like 80,000 followers when that happened, but I gained 20,000 followers from that incident alone. So Scamwoods also had an issue too. Yeah. Several people, several accounts have had issues with that, that typical, that, Hmm. that oil. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Just recently, John from Lincoln street had the same problem with them. So really, yeah. I mean, it's an ongoing thing with that person. Uh, they're just terrible person. It's, 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 I, I get flustered when I think about it because I just, my blood begins to boil. I can yeah. honestly only think of like one notable YouTube uh, woodworker that still promotes them actively. 
Right. And it's the Samurai Carpenter up in Canada. But I, for some reason, I am not shocked. Yeah. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's, he's basically just building an off-grid cabin and like compound at the moment. So my guess is he's just getting stuff sent to him. And when he Probably. goes and picks it up, he's like, oh, this, here we go. But, I don't want to speak. Uh, oh, no. Majority will be of Jesse. Jesse is a very, very talented woodworker. He's, he's incredible. I've yep. never had the chance to meet him, but he is a very talented woodworker. Yes. Yeah. That was the first time I ever saw you was, uh, my wife actually showed me that, that video and, um, of the drama. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. It's like you unfolded it. And then I, I watched all of it and, um, yeah, that was, that was the first time I started following you. So I, I was one of those 20, 20 K. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I heard about Daniel, um, from the podcast. And I was just same thing, COVID, searching through. And then there was talk of me starting my own wood shop and things like that. And so I started listening to your podcast. And I always liked Daniel because he was very um, just down to earth. Like he'd been doing it for a while. Like it's like he, it would be something maybe that would be highly complicated to somebody else. And he goes, no, you just do this. You know, just it was, it was in his blood for sure. And the other people on the podcast were younger than him. So, <laughs> Thank you know, you. he kind of, kind of, kind of calms it. Well, he more experienced and, you know, and so we decided to go to WorkbenchCon cause you guys were talking about it. And I was like, well, they got a little coupon and I talked to the, I was doing the woodworking at that point And we started to, uh, uh, talk to the owner and said, we want to go to this thing. I think it'll be important. And for our advertising and, and just in general, and so he agreed and Daniel's one of the first people that I met and I bought him dinner and we sat and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. I was very excited to meet him, but he was I very don't remember normal. any of that. I don't know if you noticed, but usually at WorkbenchCon, I You were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I partake in the libations. Good oh, for you. Yeah. you and You're gonna Bug. love the end of our show. Yeah, so Daniel, Bug you, you introduced us. Yeah, you you uh, you set us up. Oh, awesome! Like by, by proxy through uh, through uh, yeah, AWS. So y'all call it AWP. Thank you, though. AWP. Oh, <laughs> what's AWP? Oh, that's, that's the PS podcast. The, the AWS yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Is Amazon. SP, uh, whatever. <laughs> so. But yeah, him and Little Bug, we sat and had dinner, and my wife was there, and everything else, and it was nice. So right there in the hotel. Oh, so this was recently. That worked. Yeah, the last. That the most time. recent one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's where the three of us met. That was all of our, our first ones as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, Hope serious. you guys go back next year. Heck yeah, you going back next year? You better believe it. We've already been talking to the WorkbenchCon people. And this is breaking news right now on this podcast. We're going to be Whoa. giving away a ticket on our podcast. All, all right. right. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to figure out how to sign up for said ticket giveaway, where should they go? They should listen to another Woodshop podcast on all streaming platforms. Oh, we haven't decided, we haven't decided how we're going to give it away yet, but we'll figure it out. I think you should do it like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. and Give it away, give it away, give it away now. <laughs> it's funny. That came to my head. I, I don't know why. Probably because Colt like ripped that song up on karaoke. Yes. At yeah. Maker Camp. I don't know if you guys have seen the video. I have not. Dude, dude um, what was he it? Crushed uh, it. Oh, oh. Braden posted a video of it, uh, of yes. me singing. Like he took a little clip, and um, 
Yeah, I, I, after I saw that, I was like, man, I kind of need to cut my hair a little bit. Just a little no bit. way, just man. Damn it. Oh, no, just no cut way. like the dead ends nope. or whatever. I don't know. Nope. I'm figuring nope. I'm figuring this long hair thing out. But uh, no, I'm definitely keeping the mole. I can't can't cut it now, man. Yeah. But, um, Committed. I do. I do got to trim it up. Like, like it's it's kind of nuts. On top. I mean, yeah, I mean, just you know. it, 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 it's going almost like Afro almost, which I was hoping when it got longer, I could like lay it back. But no, I think I'm going to no, keep you, it short. You cannot short. do a man bun with a mullet. That is just crossing too many barriers. That is. Can't do it. <laughs> I, I think that's oh. a challenge. Frankly. I think it is a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, the, the first time, like, oh, it was mid, mid middle of the summer this last summer. And um, it it was my hair was just hot on my neck. Right. And uh, AC wasn't doing its job well enough. And I went and found went to my wife's uh, drawer and I found a little hair tie and I put it in a ponytail. And I was like, this feels weird. It feels really weird. Like, I don't know if I like this, you know, kind of like the whiskey of the week last week. I was just thinking that, <laughs> yeah. uh, dad, you got to listen to our last podcast, uh, for the whiskey of the week last week. Uh, my little story. He got raped. He got raped. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whoa. No, it's, it's, it's not the R word if you like it, but yeah. But yeah. Fair. Yep. So, uh, I, I mean, where to continue from here? So has I, there I, been? I got, I got some questions if if you're looking. Yeah, for let's do it. Hey, so um, Dan, when you were first uh, got back in the woodworking, where were you making? Just whatever the hell I wanted. I think I made I made a coffee table from Anna White's plans. I don't know if you know who mm-hmm. Anna White is. But, uh, All right. I, I made I made my son a bed frame that he hated, but I good for you. Uh, just. Things around the house, or you know, cutting boards. Stuff uh, like I was about that. to say. Uh, I mean, I think I feel like everyone has to get their cutting boards in, right? Hell, I still make cutting boards. They're fun. Yeah, I don't well, care. I, what I people made a say serving board them. today. Yeah. What made you decide to start making like the bow ties and the inserts? Pure luck, pure happenstance. Uh, I got a CNC for and giggles. Basically, I got a CNC because Mike and Pete on our podcast were always talking about. You know, they're they had CNCs, so they were talking about it. And I was like, I really want a CNC. I have no damn good reason to have one, but I'd like to make one or get one, not make one. I'm not that talented. What uh, what, what CNC you rocking? I have two Onefinity CNCs currently. All right, and um, is that are those like a like a 30 inch bed? Uh, one is 32 by 32, and the other is 48 by 32. That's oh, the, those 48 are the ones by I have. 32. I think they have All right. one of their. Their newest model is forty-eight by forty-eight. Nice, uh, dude. I, I made good friends with the the Onefinity guys this last. Yeah, they're last, great uh, people. They, they are great people. Um, yeah, and I'm not paid to say that. They really, they truly are great people. Um, but going back to the bow ties, like I just thought, what the hell? I'll I'll try to cut something, and bow ties seemed like a very simple thing for me to start out with. I mean, it's a very simple shape. So <clears throat> I cut some, and they seemed like they were good so i for and giggles i put them on my etsy store and uh they started selling and selling like mad it, it was mind-boggling to me it still is really i mean you're selling bow ties to all these woodworkers that should have the capability to make their own bow ties but a, apparently there's a market out there for 
pre-made bow ties so you're not wasting your time making them yourself i guess yeah um <clears throat> nice I, then, I, I go ahead go ahead i would say i, I haven't really del- delved into the etsy scene yet i tried oh. once i posted like one uh <clears throat> i made a cigar ashtray i was like let's yeah. just try it out and then i i at that point i had a fledgling like etsy store i mean it wasn't doing great i mean it probably made three thousand dollars a year um <clears throat> which is not bad for a nice little side thing. Yeah. Um, so, and then those were doing good. So I was selling those and I was trying to figure out how to like expand on that. And I, w- I made templates and I expanded on the wood varieties that I offer. Um, and then to stretch my CNC capabilities, I decided to try to design and cut out my own zero clearance insert for my miter saw. And mm-hmm. once again, I, once I had it good to go, I put that up on to Etsy and people wanted that. And then I started getting people messaging me and saying, Hey, can you do it for this saw or that saw or whatever? And I was like, well, I can't do it unless I actually have the physical piece. And people started sending me their ZCIs or their, their inserts from their saws. So I could make a ZCI. So I had a, a lot of help, which was very, uh, awesome i mean i was super humbled by it so people would just take the inserts off their saw and mail them to me and say here you go just no kidding whatever you can <laughs> and i was like holy crap so yeah now i offer like 20 or 25 different saws or something like that it's crazy do you have a yeah. top seller yeah the dewalt 779 in what type of wood walnut is and definitely walnut. the top seller yes that's so, a very so- popular saw and people love walnut that's a good saw yeah, speaking of those woods, I heard on uh, another Woodshop podcast that um, you're saying that Purple Heart never does well for you. And no, like, it, that, it moves constantly. It's yeah, terrible. oh, that, that kind of blows it's my unstable. mind. It, it, feels, yeah. it feels really dense, you know? Normally, It's dense super dense, stick. but it is unstable AF. Like, it will move. I know a lot of so people that are real mind. dense, and they are also very unstable. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Fact. Ross, yeah. I don't appreciate you uh, calling me out like that. No, I'm <laughs> oh man, um, nice. I also thought it was interesting. You said that your podcast, that another Woodshop podcast, grew your Instagram, right? Because oftentimes, like I see it go the other I way around. Like, like, like from their Instagram, they grow the their podcast followers, and like that's a that's that's really neat. I, I think it really boils down to the timing of everything. Like I said, you know, I, I mean, we just lucked out in that regard. But I think the podcast did help because collectively, I think Mike, Pete and I, we only had, and when we started collectively, I think we only had about maybe 15,000 followers between us, probably less. I, I know Mike and I were both at like 5,000 followers on Instagram. And, you know, within a year or two, I was at 20, you know, and I, I, I attribute that to the podcast and it just, people resonated with the podcast and you know, they yeah started following. That's the, that's my only explanation really. I'm, there's nothing that I do in my shop that's extraordinary or entertaining. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand why people would follow me otherwise. I really don't. You, you <laughs> there's had, that confidence you, we love you you had you had something uh not too long ago that you put it was an old video you put on instagram uh, facebook reels or something like your little your little side table your box joint side table 
Yeah. Didn't something like that happen and it took off and then people started buying them on Etsy? Yes. I remember you talking about yes. that on the podcast. I've, I've had a few videos go quote unquote viral, which has been nice. Uh, I make a little C table. I call them a slide table because they'll slide into uh, a couch or a sectional. Mm-hmm. And I, that video got like 12 million, million views or something like that on Facebook. Wow. That's awesome. And yeah. I ended up selling like 25 of those things in a month, which was a pretty nice month, but it was super stressful. So, yeah. yeah. So what's, what's the lead time on that many box joints and getting it all put well, together? I actually, I, I cut those on the CNC now these days. So with the dog, bone. I cheat, I cheat. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a tiny sixteenth of an inch dog bone in the corner, so there's no rounded corners on the inside of the box joint. Uh, um, and once you fill it with, uh, I use dark type bond through two, three. Anyways, the dark variety. Once you fill it with that and sand it, you can't see it. I was Unless you're like right up on. Bones. What's that? I was gonna ask how you filled your dog bones, because uh, you know, like, uh, well, I- I'm all in Venables, right? Like the X carves. Mm-hmm. But uh, like they have uh, some programs where you can make boxes really easy, just like the the tooth boxes. Yeah, and, I uh, I made I made my box joints all by hand before I knew that was a thing. Yeah. That oh, forever. You know what? I saw a video from you recently um, where you had like it's like a, a corner cutter. Right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, do you know the right term for that? <laughs> uh, I do not know the right term, but I know what you're talking about. That little ninety degree chisel thing. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I guess it, it would replace a dog bone, right? And uh, it's basically like a like a 90-degree blade, right? Uh-huh. And it yeah. had something where you like set on the corner and you hit it with a hammer and it cleans out that corner to yeah, a 90. perfect 90. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I need one of those. Yeah, uh, those are awesome. Yeah, I have one and I use it for another table that I make, but I wouldn't use it on that, that box joint table because that would take forever. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of joints. Yeah. No yeah. thanks. I'll 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 just fill the dog bones with glue. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's then, complained yet. And then the the dark type bond, um, I, I've never used it. I only. It's fantastic. I don't think I knew it was a thing. Yeah, uh, I buy it by the gallon. It's I use it all the time. It, can you still go type bond one two three with it, or is it all the same level? It's all three. It's all exterior. Uh, I think the dark is actually type bond two, so it's rated water resistant not yeah. waterproof just like regular type on too it's just it's got a dark dye in it so it dries and it's really dark or cures so type has got a type on now that shows up under black light really so when i because i was looking for some fats fast set stuff for this which working class i'm gonna do we gotta like do it quick and i was like what's this and it shows up under black light. I'm like, why would you want glue to show up under black light? But then I thought about it. If you're going to go stain something later and like, there's a little bit of glue, but you can't right. quite see it. You could just black light it and say, Oh, and oh, then sand it. Pretty that's smart. Brilliant. Huh? Dude, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Oh that gosh. is, that's something that like terrorizes me all the damn time. Just yes. finding little, little yes. bits of glue that you missed. And you're like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well that or sweating on my projects. Like back when yes. I used to, when I was using the oil based stain, um, you know, like my shop, it's AC'd, but it's not all the way insulated. Right. So in Texas still gets pretty hot. If I just like put my arm on, like I ruined a piece of oak once doing that. And, uh, 
just like set my arm on it and then i stained it and you could see where my arm was <laughs> and, and like it was like that penetrating stain. The like there was no way of getting it out oh it was miserable start over yeah you didn't yeah, just describe it as rustic or anything like that yeah it's, yeah it's reclaimed i, I just Sorry. didn't say anything and hope they wouldn't notice but it, it was for a buddy so did he notice as a wedding gift uh no not that i know of but um it was a, it was a wedding gift uh last minute you know like i was measuring the hours between when we had to leave for the wedding and when it was done so it's one of those things <laughs> happens nice. more than i would like it to so how much do you use your cnc's now versus like doing things by hand oh gosh probably way more than i should i'm probably not uh entitled to call myself a woodworker anymore <laughs> oh cut it out Dude, I use that. I I'm constantly trying to think of ways to monetize that CNC. Of I course. will spend an hour or two a day just like perusing Pinterest or other sites like Reddit's woodworking, just looking for ideas. I want ideas, and I want to. I don't want to just rip things off. I I kind of want to like see if I can make them better like or more thing. stylized. Yeah. Yes, I'm looking yeah. for inspiration. Yeah. I set aside at least an hour a day for that. And really, yeah, I, I use my CNCs all the damn time. So is most of the stuff that you're making just going up on your Etsy store or are you doing custom pieces for local customers or I, I still do custom pieces for local customers. I, <clears throat> I recently just did a, a big farmhouse table with two leaves in it that went from uh, I want to say 84 inches up to 10 feet. What kind of wood? To 120. It was walnut. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, it, it had two leaves in it. It was beautiful. Um, so yes, I still do commissions, but they're getting slower and slower because I'm I'm spending a lot of time focusing on the Etsy store and keeping that going because that right now is popping off. But I probably should start figuring out how to get those items onto other platforms because I don't know how much trust I want to put into Etsy. You know, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Take a pretty big cut too. Yeah. They do. Have take you, ever, a cut. you ever considered uh, setting up your own website or do you have one or I have one. It's just, it's pretty bare bones right now. It's if you go there, it's Daniel Dunlap woodworks.com, which is a mouthful. Uh, mm-hmm. remember what I said, Cole. <laughs> like, like a titty, <laughs> like an A cup. It's a mouthful. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you go there, like there, I think there's a front page, but I think if you go to some of the pages, that it's still got the the base text, like the lorem ipsum. You know, oh, yeah. I don't know if you're oh, that type yeah, of nerd yeah. or not, but the Latin <laughs> stuff, yeah, yeah. It, it it hasn't been filled out entirely yet, so it's not so when something you get that commissions, I, I pimp. Wh- how, where are they finding you from? Are they are they contacting you through social media or just from contacts you have in town? Yeah, local. Luckily, uh, I think a lot of local people find me through social media. I'm also, you know, fortunate in that because I've shot so many weddings. You know, I was there at the beginning of these families becoming families. So now that they have families and they've grown up and they got kids and they're getting bigger houses and stuff, they're like, "Oh, Daniel makes furniture." Let's call him. So I kind of yeah. have a built-in Very client good. base in that regard. Very cool. So Very cool. I actually have a, I don't know if people have asked you this before. I'm assuming they have. But being that you have the photography background, what would you say are the three biggest things 
non-photography people should focus on when trying to get images of their woodworking? I know the first one. I know the first one because I've heard him say it a bunch. Go do it, Jess. Clean your lens off. Thank you. That is my biggest pet peeve. Clean (laughs) your effing lens. That annoys the hell out of me. Oh, oh my God. Whenever somebody hands me their phone to, to take a picture, and mm-hmm. Colt can probably attest to this if he remembers correctly, because I had to take pictures of groups and stuff at Maker Camp. People would hand me their phone, and the first thing I do is I'm taking their phone and I'm wiping their lens off of my shirt. Like, my I can't stand it. I didn't catch oh. it. <clears throat> yes, clean your lens. Uh, number two, watch your background messes. I mean, obviously, I don't practice what I preach. If you go to my, my Instagram page, it you're like, this guy's a photographer? What the hell? Because I just, I don't pull out all my big equipment. I just snap quick pics yeah. with my phone. It's just so much easier. Um, but if you're if you're trying to make beautiful images, I mean, background is key. Uh, light, lighting direction, obviously, is a big thing. Uh, but those are the three things that I would watch. Okay. For sure. I can attest Clean to the uh, damn lenses. God. I can attest to that. The <laughs> amount of times that my wife, she's like, okay, I took a bunch of pictures. And I'm like, we got to retake all of them. She's like, why? I'm like, they're totally foggy and blurry. She's like, they're not. Grime on your phone. And then I clean the lens and take one picture. She's like, oh, you're right. That is much better. And I'm like, <laughs> honestly, it's not that hard. Clean the lens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, your that. phones are in your hands all the time and you're touching right. stuff. And yeah, you're greasy. Greasy troll fingers get all all over the lens. So, yeah, that's too funny. Yeah, that's, oh, that's say, a huge pet peeve of mine. Would you say it's worth for larger pieces like the table you just made? Is somebody able to currently, with the capabilities of the the uh, camera on a phone, to get the decent shots, or should they hire a an actual photographer to come in and do it for a um, a, a bigger piece? Man, I'm I'm gonna get a lot of heat from other photographers for this, but like I don't think it's worth hiring a photographer to to take those photos for you. Uh, photographers charge a lot of money, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it so it would be a, a large investment. I, I and hey, if you're if you're willing to take that investment, I think it'd be worth it. But I think you could probably use your phone or your little point and shoot camera, or whatever you have, and and do a fine job. For yourself, okay. Especially I really with all do. the software that's out there. The now. table that I just finished, I forgot to bring my camera. I was actually pissed off at myself because I forgot to bring it because in a, I was in a rush to get it over to the client. I took all the pictures mm-hmm. that I had with my phone, and they came out okay. So, okay, nice. I cleaned them I, the first thing. <laughs> I, I've done that so many times with these boards, man. Like, um, like last minute rushing to finish a project, and then you don't even take a picture of it before it leaves, and you have like no evidence that it even happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You spent so we, much time on it. Yeah. Well, so been, well, we've been, Daniel, we've been trying to build two websites for some of our stuff, and it's an ongoing battle. And obviously, the photography is a big, big part of it. Oh, yeah. And, and we have found that the phones, from everybody's advice, it's really good. It, the lighting was super important. The background was super important. Matter of fact, we just bought some Amazon backgrounds. You can buy like a kit for 50 bucks. Yeah. Yep. Black sheets or white sheets and stands and lights and, and uh, you know, bungees. And and then with the software that's out there, we've been able to really make it look. I have one of those kits. Cutting. The, the yeah. kits you get from Amazon with all the lights and backdrops and everything. 
And the problem I run into is it's only six feet tall when you have it fully set up. And uh, it's only eight feet wide, which sounds like it should be large enough. But for a lot of the pieces that I make, it's... You should buy two. Apparently, I need to because I literally, <laughs> I, I will take pictures and you can see the ends and the, the back of, of the, the backdrop. So, yeah. For bigger pieces, I like to try to take those out into an open field and take yes. pictures of them that way. It doesn't show them in the space, but it shows them in a way that the background isn't distracting. It's just the piece. You don't have, you know cluttered house or or whatever around them one of the things i've been background in the back yeah one of the things one of the things i've been trying to do is work with local realtors if they need staging stuff for a house to like put some of the pieces i've made in the house for the staging pictures and then they can leave it in there for showings and if somebody wants to buy it with the house they can do it but um a lot of times people still have their junk in their house so Hasn't worked mm-hmm. out in my favor yet, but that's my idea. That's so. not a terrible idea. That's actually like a it. fantastic idea. I might steal that. <laughs> I know a realtor. I've got a whole house. I got a whole office full of furniture. I got to do something with. So right, exactly. Yeah, Ross, are you also working with these realtors on like their client gifts? Like once they close a sale. Uh, so not as much on the gift side because I don't have a CNC or a laser. Uh, I've been I've been looking at those. Now. But I have actually been looking, I've been working with realtors on a separate side when their customers either move into the house and then need some work done around the house, whether it's built-ins, which I hate doing, or doors, which I'm not doing ever again. Um, <laughs> or if... Uh, started on doors. Exactly. Don't, come on now. Don't let her run you on doors. Doors are like the, one of the best things you can make with woodworking. Yeah, because people get to use them every day and see them, and they last for a long, long time. If they are interior doors, they don't move nearly as much as exterior doors. But yes, anyway, yeah. um, the uh, the other thing that that uh, that I've been working with them on is um, if they need furniture made or they need renovations done. I've worked with them quite a bit, so I've worked with four or five realtors in my area to say, okay, somebody just moved in and they need uh, a you know, a door moved somewhere or they need uh, adjustments done to the house or something like I've, I've gone in to do that kind of stuff, but I've, I would prefer to make the the pieces now in my shop and then deliver them to that house. So. Yes. Nice. Ross, do you think you, when you uh, make this CNC jump, you didn't go big boy CNC? Like I have to five, five by 10. I have if you to. got the space, absolutely go as big as you can. The, yeah. the So I I had the 108 whiskey boxes go out last week, and the customer has already told me he wants to do another order soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I can find somebody to do the lasering, he would love me to do that. I've been looking this week, literally, at potentially getting a laser, but I have no idea what works and what doesn't, how big I need. But then I'm like, why would I get a laser when a CNC – can do everything a laser does. And some of them you can get a laser attachment for the CNC. And so I'm this week, I have literally been wrestling with, do I take out a loan and drop 30 grand on a big boy CNC? Or do I try and get something used somewhere for 10 grand? Like I, 
If I had the space, I would 100% have a five by 10 at least in my shop. Most of the stuff that I'm doing is like, I'm starting out with at least eight foot long slabs that I have to level and do everything with. So like, it's a no brainer. That's the size I have to go Mm -hmm. with, but Mm -hmm. yeah. In my, in my experience, those machines, they're kind of like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Uh, If Mm -hmm. you have it, the work will find its way to you. They are money makers. They are. Yes. My, my big issue to swallow, but oh my gosh. Yes, and my issue is more so the fact that I I travel constantly for my day job, and that's only going to ramp up more over the next few years. And so I would need somebody to be able to come into the shop to run said CNC when I'm not around. And that's where I have the cost-benefit analysis balance that I'm trying to work on, because I don't want a big machine like that to sit. Right, that makes sense. You could just get a hold of a slab company and just start leveling slabs for them. Or you know? better yet, just come down to Houston, man. Just, no. Uh, pick up the mail. <laughs> nope. You'll, you'll get used to the humidity. Nope. Yeah. I'll keep your CNC used. Have but... you seen the size of me? I am not a slight man. Big men and heat do not mix well. Like, <laughs> that's why I don't live in Florida. Like, I need the cold. Mm. I don't do well in heat. Where are you located, Ralph? Uh, so I'm in Chicagoland. Chicago. Yeah, due east of you. Yeah. So yeah, been to, he came. To he came. He came and visited me, and like as soon as I mentioned, because uh, Colton's all about moving here, but he's just got to pull the trigger. <laughs> but Ross is like, no, we come visit Florida. I'm never moving to Florida. No. Ever, nope. <laughs> I would move to Montana tomorrow. I, I so, would too, oh, but I, I really like the beach too, Good. though. So I don't know. I like both. Uh, you I could know, visit Florida and go home. I mean, yep. that's a that's a thing. Yep. I don't know. My Agreed. parents lived in Montana, and it would get so cold. I don't know. Six yeah, snow that's the point. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, man, I, I don't know. I don't know how y'all do it, man. But I would like a little bit of snow, you know, in Houston. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll, we'll get like an icy rain here and there, but that's it's about supposed it. to snow here on freaking Saturday. Awesome. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was just 82 days ago. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to uh, Braden about this yeah. because he's local to me. Um, it was 80 like two days ago. And then we look at the forecast and they're saying 40% chance of snow. Like, All right. Yay, Midwest. So, yeah, right. question, question on that. So does does the weather, that cold weather especially, does that affect like, you know, you run and finish or wood drying oh, yeah. or Absolutely. all that stuff? I'm doing everything Do out close... of my two car garage, so yeah, it affects it affects things quite quite heavily. Do you have a, a, a split unit in there, like some. I have a window unit AC that I hardly ever turn on, and I have a heater in the back. Yeah, like uh, that's what I got. Meter. I uh, I got an old uh, like huge window unit AC from uh, Crystal's mom and. Uh, she rents out trailers. She's a slumlord, more or less. And uh, I, got, I got one from her for that, and the heater on didn't work. And so I put on a little, like, box heater and just kind of, like, put, like, these elbow joints and nail it to the ceiling. Because, uh, you know, I do a bunch of resin work, right? Uh-huh. And so yeah, my you... temp- temperature is everything for me. Right. You got to keep it at least around 70, right? Yeah. Yeah. By I, the way, 75 is a sweet spot. Yeah. Thanksgiving is going to be interesting for you after calling your mother-in-law a slumlord. 
<laughs> oh no <laughs> we, say, we say it to everybody well she like she certainly uh, doesn't listen to this it, it, it depends what it depends what crowd we're in front of you know like some people i say like oh she's in the real estate oh and yeah. then and then crystal calls her a slumlord <laughs> but uh no she she's a she's a tough woman man i'll tell you what she so she runs a you have uh, to be uh, to be a slumlord oh uh slumlord's not a really good name for it she she built a trailer I, I park it. yeah which um, I don't know. She'd be interesting to have on. She is a woodworker, right? Or I guess um, construction-wise, you know, she uh, buys these trailers used for nothing and then rebuilds them and puts That's them out cool. there. Yeah, yeah, and she's kind of she kind of built it up and like add add the trailer every year. And but they uh, call her the tornado because she's a trailer flipper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's good. That's good. Did you just come up with that? That I is did. amazing. Yeah. That oh, is man. amazing. Oh, dude. Right. Oh, 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 she's from Florida too, Jess. Yeah. All right. Hey, that so last thing about Corey, that's her name. Corey is uh running a trailer park. You got to be tough, right? Because yeah. uh, they're over in East, Southeast Texas, right? Which is another uh, Methodist capital, right? Oh, good. And um, Methodist or Me- Methodist? Uh, Me- well, um, uh, Methodist, meth users. yes, meth users, more meth like users. the, uh, you know, <laughs> Iowa city you were talking about. Yeah. 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 And, but like, she has all these little tales tells for, uh, if someone's on meth, like, right. Like their blinds will be broken in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. cause they're always peeking out the window <laughs> and, uh, and just <laughs> that. And she has like these rules real strict and, uh, she's not afraid to go back to jail, you know, like back to she'll, jail. She'll, yeah. <laughs> she'll, she'll, she'll fight you man it um and she's only about five foot nothing too like, she's a tough woman but. well i i think uh before we get you in more hot water with your family on the discussion <laughs> i think we should move on into segments just for the sake of time uh daniel are you interested in learning about the wood of the week yes of course all right then let's play a little uh theme music and we'll get right into it what a wow. rip All right, so this this you like week, that? some Owen Wilson, Daniel. Uh, so I had a, a customer call me this week, or yeah, it was no, it was last week, and she is she's having problems finding people to work for her and all this other stuff. But they're putting in a new porch, and she wants giant corbels. She has this real cute little house on the lake, and she wants to put these big corbels. They're probably like thirty six tall and twenty four deep with like an arch in them and she's doing some cypress work on the outside of the house, having some shutters and stuff like that. And so she said, can you make them out of cypress? And I said, yeah, I can make them out of cypress. I just got to find some preferably dry because a lot of places around here still sell it wet. So um, this week's wood of the week is cypress. So um, it's very durable. Um, It doesn't decay. So most log homes are made with cypress logs. Like in Florida, I had a friend actually, Back in the 80s, my dad was friends with them as well, and they built a house in Florida out of pine logs. Uh, immediately, termites tried to destroy it, mm-hmm. and they went eventually wound up stuccoing a log home, if you can believe that, um, because uh, it doesn't have any natural uh, resistance to bugs and rot and stuff. So Cypress is really good for that. They still use it a lot for boats, for decks, for a lot of things, anything that has to do with outside. Trying to keep the breaks out. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, uh, it's very soft. So I found like five or six, most of them come from like California and some of it comes from Europe. Um, there's some in the Northeast, uh, different types, but they all kind of look a lot alike and they're, it's all very soft, like around five or 600, 400 Jenka hardness, which the buffer we always talk about Oak is around anywhere between like 1200 or so, something like that. So it's very, very soft. Pine, uh, yellow pine is harder than cypress true story means anything to, any, to anybody how about um, um what if it's sunken cypress then it just okay, smells so like but so what i found is that's actually called bald cypress which is also swamp cypress sinker cypress pecky cypress, cypress that's tide, how i know it i was tide, gonna bring that up tidewater red cypress right so that's kind of the one i think everybody knows a lot of people know pecky cypress that like that real lustic where it's for our listeners pecky is in general, pecky is just wood that looks like it's just ate up with holes. It's really soft, but it makes some really pretty. That's what's called reclaimed. Thing. Yeah, that's super uh, reclaimed. reclaimed. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is, and they find some of these cypress trees actually on the bottom from when like when they were milled and stuff on the bottom of rivers and stuff, and they'll dig them up. And mm-hmm. it's, it's quite interesting. So, what part of the uh, world does cypress hail from, Jess? Well. Different parts, southeastern United States. California has uh, one called, let's see if I can find it. The Lone uh, Cypress? Goen, Goen and Monterey Cypress are from like California. I believe it's Coastal. pronounced Goen and Monterey Cypress. Yeah, like Goen. <laughs> uh, Goen specifically is on the coast. Mm. Like Monterey is in California and stuff. There's Leland, Mediterranean, and Mexican. Mediterranean and Mexican, you can tell where those are from. So, and they all look about the same. Uh, the Leland. I don't think the, like the, the residents UK. of Mexico or the Mediterranean would appreciate that comment, Jess. And then the Leland <laughs> Cypress is uh, actually a hybrid, uh, originated a hybrid in Wales, UK. No, no natural hmm. range there. So, and so I told Ross before you guys got here that I am going to add something famous. Well, it's something special about the Wood of the Week. Something famous that was made with the wood of the week that everybody would know, and so I well, it's got to be my table, right? Yeah, uh, is negative. It is so <laughs> a famous example of cypress wood usage is Venice, Italy. The wood pilings that support the city of Venice are primarily made from European cypress trees. They've been submerged in the lagoon for centuries and have remained remarkably resistant to decay. Uh, a de- testament to Cyprus's natural durability. So yeah, Venice cool. sits on Cyprus. Yeah, thought yeah. that was pretty interesting. You know, it was a it was a Cyprus project that actually was like the breaking point of like, all right, I'm ready to quit my day job and go full time. It was that uh, that conference table hmm. I made. I had like a, I like- they had like a 13 foot long like waterfall um, conference room table, Daniel. But uh, so. It- a cypress it, it, tree was an intricate part of me going full-time photography. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, For the first time ever, I got to travel outside of like the Omaha area. And my then fiance and I traveled to Monterey, California. And I saw a famous tree called the Lone Cypress. And I took a picture of it. And that kind of what is what started me on the photography's quote-unquote journey path. Really? Yeah. yeah I knew Man, that. So That's we're like Cypress bros. 
That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's I make a guess, T-shirt guess, about that. Basically, yeah. Cypher so there, there yeah. used to be a company that had been in the Tampa area for forty years called Axley Brothers, and that's all they did was Cypress. And they had Cypress mulch. They had Cypress in any size you could want. You could get a flitch cut, like you could get like slabs, stumps, anything. And it was all rough sawn, but they did not dry it. So I used it for some things and I never really had enough time for it to dry, but they went, they wound up, uh, the owner died and, and, uh, but you could get it cheaper than I could get wood at Home Depot. Mm -hmm. That's how cheap it was. It was amazing. And it was really pretty when it was stained and stuff too. So nice. Anyway, Cypress, what of the week? Excellent. All right. And is, All right. is there a game show that our, our, our guest could jam in? So we're also going to change up the trivia a little bit. Each week we're going to do wood trivia and it is going to be on a theme, whether it be about a tool, uh, a type of woodworking or a type of wood. All I like right? that. So this week's, uh, uh, trivia is about oak and i'm going to tell you these are not easy this these Bring are harder on. this time and so we'll just do one at a time here we'll start with our guest daniel dunlap yeah and, daniel, you don't uh, you down for some uh some some trivia yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All right, well i was okay. gonna say too bad if you're not <laughs> you're doing either way so uh the first question they're multiple choice okay so there's four four multiple choice ones one is correct what is the scientific name of the white oak? Is it Quercus alba, Quercus rubra, Quercus virginiana, or Quercus robur? I was waiting for like a gringo alba. There. Alba seems like it would be the white. That is correct. Ah, Quercus there you alba go. Alba is Woo. the science. So it is the, the genus oak in general is Quercus. So everybody, Q-U-E-R-C-U-S. I knew right. that from my whiskey knowledge stuff. That Yeah, and that was also, we talked about it last week, as a matter of fact. We did. Okay, okay, so <laughs> this question is for Colton, not for Ross. Okay. Ross, Ross is going to try Hit me with the sounds. It. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Colton's okay. question. Which, question number two. <laughs> Which species of oak is commonly used in the production of bourbon barrels? Is it A, Quercus macrocarpa? Is it B, Quercus alba? Is it C, Quercus ilex? Or is it D, Quercus suber? It'd be alba, right? Is that a question or is that your answer? Oh, um, that's my answer. <laughs> Final answer. That is correct. It is oh, also yeah. Quercus alba. That'd have been Pretty a shame much. if I got that one wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I've 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 meticulously like kind of moved these around so Ross doesn't get some of them. So this is your question, Ross. Thank you. Uh, uh, question number three: What's the approximate age of the oldest known oak tree still standing? Still standing. Okay. Is it a over a thousand years? B five to six hundred. C three to four hundred. Or D seven to eight hundred. I'm going to go with D7 to 800 because the oldest one that I know is the oldest one in North America is about 600, but I know there's some older than that. So I'm going to go with D7 to 800. Okay. When, hold on. Before you go, when when was this trivia question uh, written? written? Uh, because there was a tree that was cut down by a 16-year-old kid that was an oak tree. 
in, I, in Ireland? England. Uh, in England. England. Uh, I know which one you're talking about. It's right at Hayden. Yeah, Hayden I saw the wall. name of the tree. But no, it, was, it was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Uh, but that was, that was How not. How old was that tree? So that one was just over 600, but it was not the oldest one okay. in the forest. I thought it was over a thousand. It was one of the most famous, if not okay. the most famous. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so that is incorrect. The I would oldest, go with A. Yes, it is over a thousand years old. They're mm. not exactly sure, but it is mm. over a thousand years based on its size. So where is it at? Right. Is it at? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get that far into it. Uh, question number four. This is for Daniel. In which U.S. state would you find... Sorry. <laughs> Well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And question number four. In which U.S. state would you find the famous angel oak tree? A, California. B, South Carolina. C, Florida. Or D, Virginia. South Carolina. That is correct. Two for two for Daniel. Man. That's right. Good job, Danny. You're up on your uh, up on your wood trivia, bro. I know a thing. Are or we? Two. Yes, he does. All right, are we ready for the next? Just don't talk before you. You know, cheating. <laughs> okay, Colton. Question number five: What type of wood is commonly used to produce wainscoting and is a what we'll call a subtype of oak? Okay. MDF. Uh, no, no. PVC. This is think. No. <laughs> Would it be rift sawn oak? Would it be quarter sawn oak? Would it be plain sawn oak? Or would it be live sawn oak? It'd help if I know what Wayne's cutting is. I've heard that term a lot. It's the, uh, <laughs> uh, you see that? That's fun. It's like that? pa- it's like panels on the bottom of your wall. <laughs> yeah, that's Wayne's cutting. Oh, that's Wayne's cutting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Be, okay. So 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 give me give me the answers again then. Okay, that helps. Okay. It's commonly used as wainscoting. Is it rift sawn oak, quarter sawn, plain sawn, or live sawn? I think I know, but I don't want to say. Commonly used for that. Oh, um. so wainscoting, I, I, I will tell you, sometimes is like almost like four inch ones with like a detail in it, and then like a back panel. It's not always like the the like rib stuff. That like people still put up. Jeez. Very traditional wanna... in old English homes and like courtrooms and stuff. Think uh. about wood movement. <laughs> I'm good with quarter sawn. That is correct. It is quarter sawn oak. Good job. All right. All right. I knew that. Uh, I was just holding it off for for dramatic effect. Well done. Riff, knew it, knew it riffs, on, riffs on oak is very pretty, especially like when you buy veneer that's riffs on. It's very like it's very modern. I okay. was I almost said riffs on. I really did. But all right, are we ready for the next question, Ross? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> See, question number six. That was an evil laugh. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you have this one, Ross. Okay. I'm gonna let you have this one. All right. Even though we all know you know the answer to it, okay? What chemical compound found in oak wood is primarily responsible for the flavor in oak-aged wines? Tannins. Do you want to just answer? That is correct. It is tannins. It is not lignin cellulose or hemicellulose. I feel like correct. We, we hit on the tannins a lot. He didn't even get the. Uh, the 
he's, he's a the multiple he's a choice stuff. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Words yeah. escape me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are we ready for question seven, Ross? We are. Daniel's question. All right. Oh, oh this is <laughs> question, me. Yes. Question number seven. Uh, this one's hard. In what year was the Charter Oak, an emblematic oak, white oak of American history, thought to have fallen during a storm? Was it 1492, 1876 are we ready, Colton? Colton's question. Question number eight. How many species of oak are native to North America? Around 20, around 50, around 90, or around 130? Man, it's at least two. <laughs> Between 50 or 90. Um Always bigger than I think. I'll just go 90. That is correct. Ooh, yeah. I was thinking twenty. Wow, ninety. I was I was uh, thinking twenty, and then uh, yeah, it's always more than you think. You know, I can only think about think of about five. So I was like, twenty sounds about right. So there's a state park. I can think of two. Where I used to live in Panama City Beach, and it's uh, St. Andrew State Park, and there's like twelve kinds of oak right in that state park. Some of which are okay. like sand oak, which they're like almost extinct or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. Okay. Number nine. Are we ready for the next question? Are we ready for the next question? Nine. Uh, oh, so this is for me. Do we? This is for you. Question number ten. What term? No, no it's question number nine. Nine. What is the main difference between the leaves of the white oak and the red oak? Is it a white oak leaves are larger? B, white oak leaves have rounded lobes. C, red oak leaves are darker. Or D, red oak leaves have more lobes. B, red, uh, white oak leaves have rounded lobes. That is correct. Whoa. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. All right. And the last question is for you, Daniel. Final question. Question number 10. What I hadn't I've never heard this. What term is used to describe the unique reproductive structure of oak trees that includes both male and female organs? Is it the cone? Is it <laughs> your face on that was awesome, Daniel? <laughs> okay, so is it a cone, B spadix, C catkin, or D stamen? You want me to read the question again? Yes. What term is used to describe the unique reproductive structure of oak trees that includes both male and female organs? Cone, spadix, catkin, or stamen? I'm going to go with B or D. My instinct is telling me B, spadix. That is incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer is catkin. So Yay. I was completely wrong, no matter what. Oh, yes, you I was on such a roll. The, I was going to yeah. guess stamen, honestly. Stamen sounded yeah. 
Like yeah, was, yeah, Stamen or Cone? Cone sounded so out out of the way that it might have been in a sneaky way, but it wasn't. I was thinking Catkin just because it sounds like cat calls, so they're cat calling each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I that's the, yeah. that logic is not flawed at all. Yeah, like no, that's perfect. Yep. I don't know. Catkin sounds right, like a guys. made up word to me. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed. That was this week's trivia. Thank you very much, sir. Did enjoy it. Daniel, uh, are you ready to jump into Colton's favorite part of this entire podcast? (laughs) Yes, but I don't know if I can partake. But yeah. All right, let's do it. The Whiskey of the Week. All right, Colton, last week the Whiskey of the Week was the George Dickel bottled in bond. So question number one, were you able to procure it and did it dandy? Well, does a crappy shop vac suck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Nice. It's a paradigm, right? What do they call it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was able to procure it. And um, yeah, it, it, it dandy. it's dandy. It's on the dandy scale. Okay. Um, so yeah, like out the bottle... You know, it's a bottle and bond, right? So as we've learned, it uh, means it's bottled at 100 proof. Correct. Right? And so so it's hot. It's hot. But um, it's got a lot of punch to it. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, it like, I mean, I like it. I'm going to finish the bottle, right? I mean, yep. but it, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, uh, for, well, I think I paid 43 bucks for it. Yep. Um. It, it, I think there's better whiskeys for 40 bucks. Like Excellent. Okay. And, um, That's a good way to put it. Yeah. But, uh, to, to kind of paint a picture around it, like, yes, please. You know, the, um, <laughs> the, the popular meme or like the voiceover sound where it's, uh, I'm going to back up from Micah. I'm going to yell at this one. But it's like, damn, boy, he's thick. <laughs> damn. It's like, that's what comes to my mind first whenever I just like took a pull straight out of the bottle, you know, when I, when I first um, was trying this whiskey out and uh, which granted, you know, I, I think for 40 bucks, 43 bucks, whatever, you can get a better whiskey. However, um, for George Dickel, like I was impressed, like you were saying that, that they do have a good offering. Like, um, yeah, it did make a very good cocktail, which so for the cocktail, I got even more experimental this week. Right. Okay. So I, I did it an old fashioned, right? Yep. And then I went heavy on like the cherry mm-hmm. and I went heavy on the uh, simple syrup. And then I added um, a few dashes of a peach habanero hot sauce to Ooh. it. And I was kind of just going on a limb. I was like, this is either going to be the worst or best thing I ever had. And um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. So Excellent. This, the, the was, peach was this habanero. while your wife checked your prostate? <laughs> <laughs> Just add a little more, more to it. More or less. But um, it... Uh, <laughs> more. Yeah. So the, the like the, the peach habanero, which is actually from Bucky's, right? Bucky's yep. makes some good hot sauce. And they also make some good like pickled eggs and other stuff too. But side note. Ugh. But um, Danny, you ever been to a Bucky's? I have. Yes, very nice. So like you know, a gas station superstore. Yes. There's there is a rival chain in the Midwest, uh, mostly in Missouri, a little bit in Illinois, but it's making its way 
down Route 66. It's called Wally's. Similar idea Wally? to Bucky's, but it's Wally's. And um, they even have like a beef jerky counter where they make all their own jerky of like oh, or a jerky counter. They have like 30 kinds of jerky you can get there. But anyway, go ahead. Very nice. Oh, Very yeah. Nice. Side note. Um, if you ever are on a long drive, you want to stay awake. The uh, that. Oh, what's it's the ghost pepper jerky from Bucky's. Mm -hmm. Like it's a real slow burn, in it, but it gets hot. And uh, yeah, you can just nibble on that and it'll keep you awake for a long drive. Conversely, but, on a long drive, if you're trying to not stay awake, go to Country Kitchen or sorry, Cracker Barrels Country Kitchen. Um, mm -hmm. Because if you have like a chicken fried steak and mashed potatoes and all the gravy, and then you get back <laughs> on the road for a long drive, you're going to crash. So. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Did you learn that from experience or? I, I, I toured a little bit back in the day with a band and Cracker okay. Barrel was never our friend. I'll put it that way. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hash brown casserole. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah. So this, this peachy habanero, it provided a good like smoke to the background. Awesome. Right? And like, and like, that's why I went heavy on like the sweeter stuff, like the cherry yeah. and the simple syrup was to balance out the heat of it, mm -hmm. um, which I think, yeah, then like, so it was like a, it was like a sweet heat smoke with the whiskey, which went perfect with this whiskey with a lot of punch. Nice. I, yeah. Uh, I got to experiment some more with that. So the whiskey of the week for this week is the Peerless Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Now, Peerless is one of those whiskeys that is typically sought after by your crowds that are going for your Willets and your Wellers and your Blantons. And it's kind of that second tier of, hey, I'm looking for really good bourbons, but I'm not going for the you know, most sought after names. I'm going for the next level down. So I would put this in line with like your Hancock Presidential and a few others in that same level. Uh, but Peerless makes a really, really solid Kentucky straight bourbon. For me, it's a little on the sweeter side. I actually prefer their rye, but I want to hear what your thoughts are on their straight bourbon. So on the straight bourbon, all right. Mm -hmm. um, how do you spell peerless? P e e r l e s s. Okay, I had spelled it like a like a peer, like p i e r. Oh no, it is nice. p e e. They are so. without peers. Yeah, Correct. without peers. Yep. Like yeah. Right Perfect. Hey, Daniel, you ever dive into the the brown liquors a little bit? I only well, you saw what I drink at Maker Camp. Yeah. I only drink uh, Makers and uh, Coke. I don't drink bourbon straight. I'm a I'm a sissy when it comes to that. Oh, that's Can't right. Yeah, y'all had the 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 bullet. Um, oh yeah, bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all had bullet at the house. Oh, yeah. so that's that's a fun side note. Um, before we get into nuggets, is um, what what the day at Maker Camp when it when it rained a, a oh, ton. It just like is like a loose way to say it, it, it was it a like typhoon. flooded yeah like most of the areas where the tents were you're at least ankle deep if not more which side note my brunt boots did amazing my feet never got wet um excellent i feel like yeah. you're just flexing on me but okay. hashtag not sponsored <laughs> <laughs> oh i wish no i i wouldn't try to talk to those guys at the tent but they uh they weren't interested in me but sorry hmm. um but yeah so d whenever it uh was like going crazy uh yeah Braden. uh I, my phone had like two percent battery left and uh there's barely signal out there but somehow Braden's call went through to me and he, he invited me over to their house and um 
Yeah, Daniel's actually quite the GTA player. <laughs> he is he is a master. And uh it was fun. We uh we we kept passing the controller trying to break into this military base or whatever with hmm. motorcycles. And um it was pretty fun. That was our day. <laughs> we were drinking and playing GTA. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. We had a good time. You yeah. know, despite I, I the rain. Flew, yeah. Flew to New York to play video games and drink in a house <laughs> Airbnb. <laughs> Hang out with friends yeah. is what it is. Yeah. We went uh, back uh, to Baker Camp later on in the evening, I think. Oh, we did. Was, we did. It was like yeah. nine or ten o'clock. So no, Daniel, we uh, we typically close out each episode with what we call a nugget. So the idea is either if you were talking to yourself in your early stages of woodworking with the knowledge you have now, what advice would you give yourself? And or if you have some advice for all the young work, woodworkers out there uh, or makers out there, what would your advice be? So if you want, you can think on it for a few minutes while we give ours. But uh, if not, you can fire away if you'd like. No, I'd like to think for sure. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I'll, cool. I'll kick it off. Man. Do it. Um, so uh, this week, um, reaching out to Alibaba sooner than you think you need to, um, whenever you have like a manufactured item, right? So for me, uh, with these cornhole boards, I got a handful of items that I was ordering on Amazon, like, um, like our battery cells and then the LEDs and then even like cornhole bags, which uh, I'm not going to get the bags from China, but uh, anymore at least. Uh, yeah. So I don't, it, it's crazy. So on these uh, LEDs, um, I was buying them for about $18 a set. Like it's a 25 foot roll and it has like a controller on it and uh, Bluetooth capability. And um about to pull the trigger on it i'm checking on lead times with them but they uh i think i'm gonna be able to get them for like six dollars a set which um over a span of a lot of sets of boards that's a that's a really good savings that's a lot. especially yeah. with yeah. two two sets of leds per per set of boards and um oh, yeah man, just like fun. even if you're on the fence about it uh like the way it works you know you uh you find a product you want or you can even send out an RFQ and people will reach out to you on it. And then you talk to them about it. But uh, every person I've worked with on Alibaba, uh, they're really friendly. And uh, like it's broken English, right? Like um, often or like rough English. But because they, they're putting uh, it through a translator. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But they, uh, I don't know, they, they're actually very helpful. And, um, yeah, it worked out. It, How it's, reliable it's has it been? Experience. It's been good overall? Yes. That was going to um, be my question because you're working directly with a lot of the manufacturers, I'm assuming over in China and that corner of the world. And I just didn't know what the reliability had been on the products versus. Yeah, which um, it, it's not like Timu, you know, or yeah. uh, what was the one before that? Wish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it's not like that where it's something so ridiculously cheap that's got to right um no you're just cutting out several middlemen like touching it and putting their uh their markup on it and right. yeah like the batteries i'm getting which uh batteries the first thing i bought i bought these earlier this year i think yeah it was like maybe february or something but um they uh it, it, it's the exact same battery i was buying before they just didn't put the label of uh 
the battery oh. like uh, of the person they were selling it to. Like, but even it, their label, like uh, Talent Cell, is the uh, the one that sells them on Amazon. Uh, even in the uh, the instruction manual, it uh, it still says Talent Cell on that, but the boxes are blank. Hmm. And yeah, it, it, if you can order in quantity, which um, you know, like your first thoughts that like, oh, the quantity is gonna be like five thousand. It's gonna be ridiculous. Like some of them have a pretty low order quantity, and just because they say like five thousand is the minimum order quantity, sometimes they still want to get the sale, and uh, they'll sell less than the than their posted minimum. So cool. You just gotta talk to them. But yeah, it's been a good experience. So nice. I've used it. I've used it too. Back when I was working for that other place, we used to get like certain types of hinges and like door and uh, shelf pins, and there was some stuff for my barn doors that I was using all the time. And I was able to order like 200 for a sixth of the cost of what I was paying, you know, someplace else for it. So sometimes it's worth it. Good to know. Yeah, it's the same thing. Also, yeah. on a side note, I would love to be buying all of our stuff from American companies. Um, if anyone knows, anyone listening to this knows a American LED manufacturer, um, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear about it. So, Okay. Yeah, for sure. Jess, you got a nugget? Do I have a nugget? I had one a minute ago and I forgot what it was. Here, you go. You go and I'll think. Is, is your nugget to write down your nugget when you think of it? <laughs> that should be, that should definitely be a reminder to. My nuggets to are getting that. smaller over time. <laughs> They're not hanging lower? No. <laughs> it's too cold. Uh, oh, yeah. So. My nugget overall would just be because uh, I unfortunately have been traveling quite a bit, um, but in the small amount of time I have been back in the shop of late, it is to maintain quality whenever you come back. Um, it's more so in the times where you're running around, your mind is on a thousand other things, still focus on the quality of what you're building. Um, it's taken me two years to really start working on, well, to keep working on this Spalta Maple table I've been working on for a while. Uh, but I was able to literally start doing the bow ties. Uh, yeah, no. Monday? I started them on Monday this week. And they've been waiting for almost two years for me to do them. And I pounded out like four of them in a matter of like an hour. But uh, the quality was still there. And even though it's taken me this long to get back to it, I've been able to maintain the quality from start to finish and it, it's actually my quality has gotten better since I started it two years ago. So it's just make nice. sure, making sure that your, your quality doesn't decrease on a project that may have been sitting for a while. What kind of wood do you end up going with for the bow ties? I ended up going with uh, black walnut oh. and it is not Peruvian black walnut. That is true black. It's more your traditional North American black walnut. So, uh, but it's the, the dark, heartwood rather than the sapwood so sounds good yeah i'm about to say if you need any extra bow ties we know a guy we do yeah i yeah. know i know a guy yeah 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 uh i remember what it was now <clears throat> so i was thinking about this the other day and i and i was doing it with uh we're making a large bar top it's like 90 inches by uh 40 inches all glued up walnut like inch and six quarter walnut mm-hmm. and i know this but a lot of new, I didn't always know this, so I imagine a lot of our new woodworkers will appreciate this. When you have wood, especially with something large, 
uh, or even something small, especially, well, I shouldn't say that because even a softwood, um, if you want it to maybe last a little longer or you'll have, have, or the wood to be a little straighter and stay that way, mill the wood partially first, right? So like mill it, like say you want to wind up at two inches, right? Mill it to two and a quarter and stop. Even if it's just not completely milled yet or skip planed or whatever the case might be and let it sit in your shop and acclimate, especially if it's air conditioned, which would be amazing because you've exposed cells and moisture that were deeper in it and it will move a little bit. For instance, we did that walnut and like we did it and shoot some of it even warped right as we did it. Like it was perfect. And we cut off maybe three quarters of a rough side and it was crooked again because it released tension in the board when I cut it. You know, there was something in the, in the sapwood or whatever. Hmm. So mill it partially. If you, if you have the time now, I, this isn't always a hundred percent thing, but it is one of the ways that a lot of people do it. I know Keith Johnson does it for sure. I've heard him talk. He's about meticulous. It. <laughs> yeah. Pre-mill it a little bit, especially if you've got air conditioning or, or if you have a heater, you know, if you're in cold climate, that's even better really, because it dries the air out too and let it sit for a few days if you can, and then do your final milling and it will stay truer to your final milling after, uh, after you do that. I like it. Yeah. Daniel, you got any nugget bombs you want to drop on us? I do. And as I said before, it's a small nugget. Okay. Uh, with social media, the way it is, everybody's posting their highlights, always posting your highlights on social media. And I have this conversation with other people like quite often. Don't compare yourself in your life and what goes on in your whole life to somebody else's highlight reel. Mm. So like if, if you're running a business and you're watching Colt, so to speak, just as a reference, uh, and it looks like he's killing it over on social media, over on Instagram, and you feel like you're not doing enough. Well, don't compare yourself to his highlight reel and think that you're not doing enough. You're probably doing just as much as him, even if not more. So, yeah, that. Don't compare hmm. your, your yourself to somebody else's highlight reel. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a very good one. Well, that goes with a, a stat like um, – well, I say a stat. I don't remember the numbers on it. But that people think that their friends are doing a lot – are having a lot more fun or whatever than they are. Um, oh yeah. Because you're just that, seeing that, the fun times. Like younger age. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I guess FOMO uh, kind of mm-hmm. goes hand in hand with it. But that's right. a good one, man. Yeah. All right. I like it. Anything else we want to cover today, boys? Oh, uh, oh, last question for you, Danny boy. Um, so whenever you're recording video, um, like in your shop are you using your camera like uh, uh, hold on of course you're using camera uh using your phone or like uh some sort of fancy ben. fancy nikon whatever i'm like 99 percent phone just because it's there and it's accessible and it's easier and i'm not trying to go any slower than i'm already going nice yep and uh, do you edit on your phone as well or do you do yep. it on a computer i use an app called InShot. In shot. I, All right. I paid the twenty dollars for the pro model or or pro app or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It, it, I mean, if you're gonna 
make money on your content, dropping twenty dollars on an app is nothing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's just a little investment in your in so your career or I actually or use the the exact same app and it's amazing for short content. Mm-hmm. But I've found when I'm trying to do like YouTube editing. Oh yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't edit like long form video in that app. No. Yeah. Way. I I absolutely hate I literally have like six videos worth of content for YouTube that I just have to edit because I hate sitting down to edit all of it. It never, never goes quickly, especially in in InShot. In the super rare occasion, I actually do a YouTube video. I haven't posted a YouTube video in like eight eight or nine months. Uh, I use Final Cut Pro on Ah. my Mac. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Also, you know, I I use Final Cut Pro to edit our podcast in. I mean, it's great for all sorts of things. Awesome. Oh, really? We don't have this setup. This is a nice little setup you guys got here. Oh, well, you should try it out. It's quite yeah, nice. R- Riverside is pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah I'm going th- to pitch it to you. He, so he, he did. He did. Out of boy, job, Jeff. Jeff. All right. Well, we were using, what were we using? Uh, Libsyn was what we had before, and yeah, it was yeah, not great. It did not work. Oh. We were losing stuff. And, yeah. uh, we just do, terrible. we do a Zoom call, and our Zoom call is our, our backup audio in case things go awry. And then Pete and I record locally, and so do our guests or whatever. Hmm. Well, very nice. You should try well, this one out because it records it all in one spot. So, yeah, Daniel, that, do, that do, do you do the me. editing or? I do the editing. Yeah, I splice everything together and put in the sound effects, and yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, Ross is our podcast daddy. Yeah, he he does <laughs> all the uh, daddy. Yeah, all the editing and. Uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't call myself a podcast daddy. Pete does a hell of a lot more on the back end than I do. Hmm. Uh, I think that's probably a good uh, spot to end this episode. And I don't know if because I messed up the intro read, if I told everybody that this is episode 29, Escape from L.A. So uh, if you are all the way at the end of this episode, thank you for listening. And uh, be sure to hit the like and subscribe button on whatever platform you've listened to this podcast on. So thank you to everyone for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every second of this podcast. If you didn't, please send your complaints to our Southern California legal representation at, oh my God, we're like lawyers and stuff and associates, where their motto is, you've never had legal representation until you've had legal representation in LA. For Colton, Jess, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast. We will catch you all next time. Woo! I'll be a long time.